Hi, podcast listeners. Before we begin today's episode, I want to tell you about Commonwealth's ongoing We Report, You Support fundraising drive. Right now, we're in the middle of a two-week campaign to raise $20,000. I love working on episodes of the podcast, like the one we're about to play you, because you really get to hear both sides of the story. It's the kind of reporting you can't get anywhere else, especially for local and state issues. But to keep bringing you in-depth coverage of civic life in Massachusetts, we need your help. I'm asking you to support my work by donating to Commonwealth's We Report, You Support campaign. Donating is easy. Just go to commonwealthmagazine.org and click the donate button at the top of the page. Again, that's commonwealthmagazine.org and you can't miss the bright red button. Thank you for supporting our reporting efforts. Now, the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Shira Schoenberg. This November, voters will be asked on the ballot whether they want to update the state's right to repair law, which requires auto manufacturers to share the information needed to fix someone's car with private repair shops. I want to welcome my guests this week who are on opposing sides of the ballot question. Tommy Hickey is director of the Right to Repair Coalition, and Connor Units is a spokesman for the No on One campaign. Tommy, today, every car is equipped with a port where a mechanic can plug in and find out what's wrong with your car. The ballot question would require the sharing of additional information, specifically telematics, which is information transmitted through a wireless system. So what exactly is this telematic information that the independent repair shops are trying to get? Uh, Well, first of all, thank you for having me, Shira. Um, Telematics is a unbelievable new technology Uh, It is wireless communications. As you said, independent repair shots right now plug into OBD ports to diagnose cars. Well, now telematics is here, and telematics is wireless diagnostics and repair information just as if you would plug into the OBD port. I always compare it to headphones. Uh, You have headphones that used to plug into a a jack, and now my headphones are right here in my hand, and I don't have a a wire dripping down getting in my way. there is a new, more efficient way to diagnose and repair a car. I think people thought you only needed a payphone and you only needed letters and then the internet and email came out and there's a more efficient way to do that. And remember what the 2013 right to repair law was. It was to give independent repair shops the same information as dealers for a level playing field, allowing consumers to get their car fixed where they want. Well, there's a new technology, an unregulated, unstandardized system of delivery and we need the same information that dealers get so consumers can continue to get their cars fixed where they want. Doesn't the law as written today already say that telematics, diagnostic, and repair information is covered by the current law? So what, what's more that's not covered by the current law? It, it carves out telematics. Um, in 2013, uh, we did not know what telematics was. It was a very, relatively unknown technology. And seven years later, it's now in, in 90% of new cars. So we, they carved it out of the law knowing, I think, where they were going with, with wireless diagnostics and uh, repair information, and it is specifically carved out of the law. And if it was included in the 2013 right to repair law, A, we wouldn't be here, B, they would not be arguing against this, and C, would make no change to the law because it is just mechanical information necessary to diagnose, maintain, and repair the car as written. Connor, you've looked pretty closely at the language, and you've said that telematics are already covered in the current law um, and that this ballot question will actually authorize access to additional information. 
what additional information will be authorized by this ballot question? Why, why is Tommy not telling us the whole story? Yeah, no, that's right, Shira. Tommy's correct in that there is uh, language in there that excludes certain telematics information, uh, things like uh, navigation systems, which is GPS. Uh, but the law very specifically says that any information necessary to diagnose and repair a vehicle that is only shared telematically and is available to dealer repair shops must be shared with local repair shops. So telematics information is, parts of it are excluded from the law unless they're necessary for diagnosis and repair of, of vehicles. That is covered under the existing law. And what this would do, the question one would do is expand that the information available to uh, not just local repair shops, but to any third parties well beyond what is needed to diagnose and repair a vehicle. So let me try to understand what type of situation we're talking about. May I have a recent car? It's going to send out some notification when my brakes are about to fail. Right now, the dealer gets the information. The independent repair shop doesn't. Is that the kind of scenario that we're talking about, Tommy? That's correct. Actually, the car manufacturer is the only one who gets that, and they share it with dealers, obviously, with, with franchise agreements in place. And the dealer is the only one that has access to the remote diagnostics. So they can then diagnose the car remotely, order a part, schedule a repair, and have direct contact with the consumer to get them in and out of the shop. An independent repair and the owner do not have direct access to the remote diagnostics as the way the law is written right now. If that were true, independent repairs would be getting wireless information regarding remote diagnostics in new cars. There is no platform. If there were a platform and it's not standardized, remember what 2012 did. 2012 was a standardization. In two, prior to 2012, 26 different car manufacturers were having 26 different tools, 26 different repair codes, and were pricing independent repairs out of the market. Well, now we're, we're back to pre-2012 with a wireless communication system that is unregulated, unstandardized, that independent repairs and owners do not have access to, and is sent strictly to car manufacturers and their dealers. Connor, do you have a problem with that type of information being transmitted to the independent repair shops? Or is your concern about some other scenario, about other information being transmitted? Well, you know, um, I know that Tommy likes to quote a great statistic in that 75% of consumers uh, will choose to get their, their vehicle fixed at a local repair shop. Um, if that number is accurate, then, then I don't understand even remotely what the issue here is um, because, you know, just because a, uh, a dealership supposedly sends information to me saying that uh, I may need a repair soon doesn't mean I need to go to that dealership to get that repair done. I can go to my mechanic, uh, whatever mechanic I choose, and they'll have access to the information once they plug into the car. Um, and if 75% of consumers want to do that, then 75% of consumers are going to do that. Nothing in this law prevents them from doing that. Nothing uh, will prevent them from doing that. A question one passes because the, the existing law ensures that they have everything they need to diagnose and repair the vehicle. But you're right. That is not the information that we're concerned with. Um, the Auto Care Association, which is the, one of the main two or three sponsors of question one, uh, you know, it's, a, it's a group that, that Tommy has lobbied for on, on Beacon Hill for years. They were giving presentations all last fall, um, and, uh, and they were showing mock-ups of what they want this app to look like, the question one would create. And in that app, they clearly have location data, they have maps, they have behavioral data. So it goes well beyond mechanical data. Let's be honest here. The very group sponsoring this question is showing what they want the app to look like to their customers, and they're saying it's going to include location data and behavior data. So we can, we can leave this mechanical nonsense out of this. 
Um, and, and that is where the risk is. Real-time location data is never necessary to diagnose and repair a vehicle. And it will be absolutely be a magnet for bad actors. So let's go into that a little bit, because Connor, your No on One campaign has produced this pretty scary ad. It shows a woman walking alone to her car in an isolated parking garage, and the ad warns that anyone, even a stalker, could access her information and determine where she is and if she's alone. How could sharing car repair data with an independent mechanic or with a consumer lead to this kind of stalker situation that your ad is envisioning? Sure. The ad is based on two things. It's based on testimony uh, by the uh, California Coalition Against Domestic Violence and Sexual Assault, which testified on a similar, less expansive proposal back in 2014 that was defeated. It's also based on testimony from Jane Doe, Inc., which is the Massachusetts Coalition Against Domestic Violence and Sexual Assault, which testified in Massachusetts earlier this year. Uh, and the, the primary concern is that GPS, located, again, that this ballot question would create an app that connects to this open data platform that would include things like real-time location data. And with that information, uh, people would be able to, to uh, track an individual down, potentially take control of the vehicle, turn off the vehicle. Uh, again, so these ads are based on testimony from domestic violence advocates, or domestic violence prevention advocates rather. Um, and it's just one of the many messages that we're sharing about question one, because there are a number of risks here. And Tommy, building on those, that question about risks, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration actually wrote a letter to legislators detailing cybersecurity concerns about having a mobile app that can access this data, saying that can potentially be hacked. Tommy, given all these concerns, why is what you're proposing safe? Um, okay, well, there's a couple things that I'd, I'd like to address. Um, the California piece of legislation that the car manufacturers love to point to uh, was a whole different piece of legislation. Uh, first and foremost, it was six years ago. Um, it was a broad piece of legislation, a dangerous piece of legislation that actually specified that it was about geolocation and third party affiliates. And that is not this piece of legislation. This piece of legislation, and if you look at the attorney general summary and the actual language in our ballot initiative is about mechanical information necessary to diagnose, maintain and repair the car. That is not GPS location. That is not personal information. In fact, you categorize information generated by a car as personal information and mechanical information. So this does not have any mention of that. Uh, the NHTSA group um, is, a, is a federal agency that took a position. Uh, one day they released their letter and the report before they were supposed to meet with us. Uh, we know the car manufacturers are very strong in the federal government, uh, the Trump administration. We know that uh, they've tied this down uh, for years in the federal government. And that's why we're here in Massachusetts. We did it in 2012, 86%. Uh, we plan on doing it again. Uh, there's a new technology, a new, more efficient way to fix cars. We are a coalition of 1,500 independent repair shops, 30,000 jobs here in Massachusetts, and we want consumers to get their cars fixed where they want. We, we think they should have direct access to all the repair information generated by their car so they can continue to get their car fixed just as the 2012 law uh, went in past for. So just to clarify, would location information, things like where the car is driving, GPS data, um, would that be covered by this law? Would that become more, more public or available to either the consumer or the repair shops? No, it would not. This is about, like I said, mechanical information, diagnostic and repair information. That is not GPS location. I just don't understand how that squares with the, with the, the organization who is funding question one and, and who has been driving this effort across the country is, is showing an app that includes location data. 
And, and I just don't understand how you can say it doesn't include that when the only example of what this app could look like that's coming from the very group that sponsored question one shows location data in their, in their app. Connor, the auto care association is whatever they get involved in federally and in Europe is a whole different initiative than what's happening here in Massachusetts. In fact, Europe is leaps and bounds ahead of us when it comes to telematic information and getting information into the owner's hands. The auto care association gets involved in a ton of federal issues and a ton of European issues that are not this ballot initiative. If you look at the framework of this ballot initiative, you will see this is not covering GPS location. You have not poked holes once in our actual ballot initiative and instead point to a California piece of legislation from 2014 and whatever the auto care association, one group of our 1,500 independent repair shops, our 30,000 jobs. Excuse me. Excuse me. One group that provides a majority of your funding and who you've been a lobbyist for for years. They represent 30,000 jobs here in Massachusetts. How many manufacturing jobs do you have here in Massachusetts, Connor? Um, <laughs> there are any number of jobs related to auto parts suppliers, auto dealerships uh, throughout Massachusetts. I don't have the number handy, um, but it, it's absolutely ridiculous for you to claim that this, that what the Auto Care Association is doing is not tied to this ballot question. I'm not talking about anything in Europe. I'm talking about presentations they were giving to customers in the United States last year. And this Massachusetts question is the only currently pending legislation that would deal with this, this uh, proposed application. So just to step back a minute, wait, to go into what both of you are referring to. You've been talking about funding. And I'll just clarify that the Right to Repair campaign has been funded uh, by about $9 million from national trade groups representing car repair shops, major auto parts chains, groups like AutoZone and O'Reilly. Uh, the No on One campaign has been funded by about $25 million from all the major auto manufacturing companies. So I would ask you both, I mean, given that this is clearly funded on both sides by national interests, why should Massachusetts voters care about it? Is there something that makes this issue uniquely specific to Massachusetts? I'll start with you, Tommy. Yeah, sure. We, we did it here in 2013. Massachusetts voters decided 86% that they wanted to get their cars fixed so they want. Um, we are AutoZone. We are O'Reilly. We are your do-it-yourselves. We are your aftermarket um, association here. Um, like I said, there's 30,000 jobs here in Massachusetts that depend on this information and getting up-to-date information about car repairs. That's what we do as a coalition. Um, and the car manufacturers have way more money than us. I think they have $30 million compared to our $10 million. We know they're going to outspend us. Um, but we do believe that we have a, a great message. And uh, we do believe that people continue to want to get their cars fixed what they want now and into the future. Connor? Yeah, and automakers, we've never hidden the fact that automakers are, are funding our effort. And why shouldn't they be? They're the, this is, automakers are not the ones proposing to change the law. The law works. And automakers are the only ones raising concerns for, for customers about the dangerous data privacy and cybersecurity risks presented by this question when it will do nothing to improve the repair experience. And I will add that there are clear national implications to this, just because if you look at what happened back up with our 2013 right to repair law, a year after that went into effect, uh, the entire auto industry actually signed a memo committing auto manufacturers to meet the Massachusetts standards in all 50 states. Um, Tommy, is it possible that if the Massachusetts ballot question passes that there will be similar national implications this time around? Sure, I hope so. I hope um, that cars aren't created differently here in Massachusetts than they are. I think, I think everyone who buys a car, obviously a car is one of the biggest purchases 
besides a house that people make, that they get all the information necessary to fix that car where they want. But uh, for, first and foremost, we worry about Massachusetts. I was, I was born here. Uh, we have 30,000 jobs here that depend on this. And I, I hope people can continue to go to their local community shop that they've been going to for 30, 40, 50 years uh, in the future. And Connor, is that a concern for auto manufacturers that they're essentially going to have to completely change the way they make cars nationwide should this ballot question pass? Uh, I think that's absolutely a concern. I, I also think it's a concern when uh, claims are made like um, this will soon be the only way to get information, which is patently false because there are federal rules in both California and the, uh, both there are rules in both the federal government and California that require that OBD ports exist. It's not going away. I also, I just want to call attention, speaking of the national level, uh, and I just want to go back to the Auto Care Association, again, who is the, the lead funder of this. They gave a speech last fall when they introduced this, uh, this effort, and they pointed out that, number one, audio manufacturers have nowhere near enough capacity to service the vehicles, and number two, that local repair shops outnumber uh, uh, auto dealership repair shops by roughly 15 to 1. Um, so it's an absolutely outrageous claim to say that somehow if question one doesn't pass, that local repair shops will be put out of business. Um, it's, it's, it, it, it boggles the mind. There are 15 times more local repair shops and dealer repair shops by their own admission. The funders of this campaign recognize that auto manufacturers do not have capacity to fix these cars nationally or locally. Uh, so whether or not question one passes, folk, local repair shops are, are going to get access to the information. They are going to be able to service vehicles. Sure. If I, could, if I could just point to that, um, he talks about how there are many more independent repair shops and dealerships. But if the dealerships got new, more efficient, better information to fix a car, they would have a monopoly over that information. So that is the exact problem, that there's less dealers than independent repairs. I was, a, I was a hockey player growing up. If there was a brand new hockey stick and only one store sold that hockey stick, they could sell that for whatever they wanted. They could give that to whoever they wanted for however much they wanted. And that's the exact problem that we're facing here today. This is the exact same thing that happened in 2012. A, they said it couldn't be done. The 2012 law passed. There was a standardization across all makes and models for one tool. And that independent repairs were allowed to get the same information as dealerships. And that's what we're asking for here. There's a new wireless OBD port, wireless communications, a more efficient way to fix a car. And that's what we want, a level playing field. And more importantly, in owner getting direct access to their repair information so they can choose where that information goes. So is the reason that we're, this is coming up today simply that the technology didn't exist when the original law was passed back in 2013? I believe it existed. It wasn't fully known. It wasn't in a lot of vehicles. Um, 2013 was, 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 a, was a different time. Um, so we didn't know what telematics was or what it was capable of. It was a new technology. And honestly, we still don't know what it could be capable of. Technology, as you know, in everything, uh, is evolving so quickly and cars are, are now computers on wheels. Connor, you seem to be saying this is more than just a simple update. Again, again the, yeah, exactly right. This is not an update. There is no loophole here. Not only was telematics understood back in 2012, but there was actually a, the law was passed before the ballot question was even voted on that included language around telematics. Uh, that included the language within the 2013 law today. So this is not a new issue. This is something that was considered and included in legislation eight years ago, seven years ago in both bills. Um, and, and again, and it is happened. not necessary for diagnosing and repair of the vehicle. And then what happened? What is the final law on the books? The one that includes telematics language. <laughs> no, no. We don't... Entire graph about tele... The only piece of legislation that didn't include telematics was the ballot question that you proposed 
the, the language that was on the books before the ballot was voted on included a graph on telematics. The language that's on the books now includes a graph about telematics. The final law of the 2013 right to repair law does not have telematics included. I, I mean, Sherry, you've seen the language. I sent it to you. You know that that's not true. I mean, I believe that the language of the law does include um, some does include some telematics that are required for diagnosing or repairing a car. It specifically excludes other forms of telematics. You actually look right okay. before, right after they give us telematics in the law. It actually excludes telematics. It was written in such a uh, confusing and uh, naive way that it was actually carved out of the law after it was given to us. We've obviously had multiple attorneys. The attorney general has obviously looked at this and left this on the ballot initiative. If that were true, then this law would change nothing, right? This is all about mechanical information through telematics. So the car manufacturers should have no problem with this if it is already on the 2013 law. No, we can agree that this will change nothing about the repair experience. That's what I've been saying. Uh, it will change nothing for consumers because that information is already available to local repair shops. What it will change is the amount of data, data privacy risk and cybersecurity risk. For their repair information? For their GPS location data and any other their two-way access to vehicles, the ability potentially to shut down vehicles that are driving, to take control of vehicles, all the things that Nahitza warned about in their letter. If the two of you can't even agree on what exactly this ballot question will do, how is a voter supposed to make this decision? Sure, that's a great point. That's why this question should not be on the ballot. The right to repair group here, they've filed this ballot question before the legislation even had a hearing in the state house. They had no intention of ever letting this go through the legislative process or, or be understood by voters or prevented, presented to voters in a, in a, or excuse me, to legislators in a, in a way that would allow for compromise or uh, allow both sides to be heard. They've immediately put it in front of voters and tried to say that this is somehow closing a loophole uh, that does not exist. Connor, I know this is not your first ballot initiative, so you will know that you actually have to file to become a ballot question in August of 2019, and our hearing was in January of this past year. So you will know that you actually have to do that because you have to get the 84,000 signatures in the fall before the legislature takes it up. Um, so I, I, I question your, uh, your timeline there. Uh, we would very much uh, like to get this done and not have to, to do this, but unfortunately, uh, we, we're here and we do believe that we have a great message and, and we're polling um, higher than the car manufacturers because people, people know they want to get their, their cars fixed where they want. And why would you vote on the ballot initiative that takes away your own repair information and gives it to one entity that has a monetary interest in holding on to that and disseminating that information however they please? You both have referenced this California law. Are there any other states that have done what you're trying to do here in Massachusetts, covering telematics in a right to repair law? I do no, not believe so. No, not to my knowledge. And, and we were the first state, if you remember, Sherry, to do the 2013 right to repair law uh, then. So we would be the natural state to, to update the law to, to cover a new technology. Connor, if this actually does pass, what's the next step? Would it be something that you anticipate opponents would challenge? Could this end up in the courts or the legislature again? Uh, that, that's well beyond my purview, Shira. Um, my concern and my focus is in educating voters as much as possible between now and November 3rd on what this question actually means. So final question, Tommy, give your final pitch to voters. Why should they vote in favor of this question? 
In 2012, Massachusetts voters voted 86% in favor of taking their car where they want. They wanted to go to their independent, their local shop. There's a new technology carved out of the law so that car manufacturers can continue to push people into dealerships. This 2020 ballot initiative closes that loophole and mandates that car manufacturers give owners of the car all the repair and diagnostic information generated by their car as to make sure the 2012 right to repair law remains intact and people can continue to get their cars fixed where they want. Connor, your closing pitch to voters. Uh, in 2013, the legislature passed and Governor Patrick signed a right to repair law that ensures that anyone can get their car fixed wherever they want. It ensures that local repair shops have access to any information they need to diagnose and repair a vehicle, including telematics info, if that's the only way they can get it. That will not change no matter what happens with question one. People will always be able to get their car fixed wherever they want. What will change if question one passes is that your data, your site, your, your personal information will be more at risk. Potentially access to your vehicle could be, could be uh, at risk. Uh, this is a bad idea. It's completely unnecessary and voters should vote no. And you can read more on commonwealthmagazine.org. Tommy Hickey, director of the Right to Repair Coalition, and Connor Units, spokesman for Vanilla on One campaign. Thank you for joining me on the podcast. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you, Cheryl.